This is Customer Experience Leaders, a show where we reveal how great brands delight their customers. On the show, we chat to the unsung heroes of customer experience. These people are often working behind the scenes, sometimes with, but often without customer experience in their job title. Each episode will give you helpful aha moments and leave you with practical takeaways. I'm your host, Michael Momsen. On this show, I have a fascinating conversation with Andrew from St. Ives Retirement Living. We talk about how do you create great customer experience in retirement living and how that's different to aged care. What I love about this show is that Andrew actually is the marketing leader and has taken upon himself to run a range of transformation projects throughout the organization. What's fantastic about this conversation is you'll hear how you don't even need to be a customer experience pro or know any of the methodologies and you can actually drive some fantastic customer experience outcomes without the customer experience title. So with that, on with the show. Welcome to the show, Andy. Thanks for having me. Maybe, maybe a good place to kick off is not everyone is super familiar with the retirement living industry. Um, you know, maybe tell us a little bit about your journey in getting into the industry. It's a pretty interesting industry, actually. I've been working in it for about two years now, and it's a good one to talk customer experience about because it's very much at the beginning of having to embed customer experience in everything it does. And it's a really traditional industry. Quite often, we're lumped in with aged care, and we're not aged care. What we are is independent living. So we have eight villages all across WA, and we provide all the amenities. We provide beautiful units, all that kind of thing, and then basically leave you to enjoy your lifestyle. So we don't offer, apart from the usual security things, and we've got buttons you can push if you get in trouble, and we've got staff and all that kind of stuff. We don't have carers on site. We don't have people there on call all the time. That's up to you. The reason for that is basically we don't intrude in your lifestyle. And what's pretty interesting about it at the moment is it is being lumped in with aged care or it has traditionally and aged care is currently going through the Royal Commission and not exactly um, putting Mm -hmm. a good light there. So uh, we're pretty keen to work on ways to differentiate ourselves even further. We're not the same industry, but we do get lumped in with those, Mm. uh, those kind of providers. As I said, probably hugely traditional. It's in a massive state of flux at the moment as well for a few different reasons. There is the kind of media landscape, which isn't ideal at the minute. There's also a massive amount of new competitors. Mm. And traditionally, I mean, there's only a relatively small segment of older Australians. So you've got to be at 65 or over to move into a retirement village. And of the Australians who are 65 and older, and even though this number is growing and it will grow over the next 10 years, yes, probably about 15% actually consider retirement village as the lifestyle. And then there's 85% who basically say, over my dead body, I want to stay in my house forever and that kind of thing. So the new competition isn't necessarily other villages. What it is is different lifestyle options. And they're springing up all over the place essentially because as the 60-year-olds and the boomers and all that are getting a bit older, they're sitting on heaps of property dollars Mm. and lots of developers are starting to sniff around and realising there's a lot of downsizing going on. They want to get a slice of it basically. So they set up developments, you know, apartment blocks, units, all these kinds of things and essentially market them as the same thing as what we offer but without the fees. So basically they're selling an apartment lifestyle um, as if it's as good as a retirement lifestyle. Here's your gym. Here's your access to cafes. Here's you know. Yeah, absolutely. Here's a button if you get scared as well, like uh, etc. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. And then what they say is, oh, and we don't have any fees like retirement villages have. And some of the more bold ones are saying, well, why would you want to surround yourself with old people? Come and live in the community right. that you grew up in, that you love. And there's, you know, there's younger people and there's all kinds of different generations. So that's the broader industry focus. I think the industry has been pretty slow to respond. Mm. It's always been able to rely on that 10% of people who want to move into a retirement village mm. to bolster it up. We've traditionally had waiting lists to come into villages, so it hasn't been yeah. that much for focus. And over the last five, 10 years, on top of that, we've had the real estate market decline, particularly yes. in WA. Yes. Uh, and what that means is people who want to move into a retirement village obviously have to sell their house first to free up the capital. And... Um, that's gone down in value and it's like well i've lived here for 40 years i'll just live here for another five and wait for it to go back up to a little bit yeah super interested in exploring i suppose yeah the value prop then of retirement living it it may even require a a, a rebranding because actually even before we started this conversation um i probably was guilty of blurring aged care and retirement living (laughs) together um i i appreciate aged care isn't your what you focus on but maybe at at a higher level just separate the two for a moment is, is aged care really you know um it's, it's where you need is it where you kind of need it's where you get care it's when you need and, and you get care Got it. um so you know traditionally in aged care uh home or facility you, you might have a dementia wing in there Got it. Uh, and pe- people with dementia will, will go and be looked after it's, it's fully staffed um and you, you've got carers and physios and all kinds of people working there all the time right and it's really strictly governed. I mean, you've got to go in and um, you've got a medication set and you've got a care set and all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, and we don't have any of that. In fact, to get into one of our, our villages, it's essentially a lifestyle product. Got it. When you boil it down and when you sit down to get into our village, you actually sit an independence test and we just make oh, sure. prove that you don't need that, that support. That's right. Can yeah. you look after yourself? Uh, would, is there a more appropriate place you should be living and just make sure that, you know, we, we don't want you coming in if we can't look after you and you're not getting what you need. Makes sense. And the players that are in aged care, um, yeah. are they also in retirement living as well um, or, are they, uh, or are they separate? A, a mixture of two? Usually, yes. Um, and the reason for that is it's a, it is a bit of a, a, a progression. Yeah, I was going to say it sure. almost feels like a sort of hand hand off to the next stage. Um, yeah, and if you want to talk yeah. about marketing challenges, there's the number one because people right. see there's the first step into <laughs> going into an aged care home, and then right, right. You know, there is no there is no next step, unfortunately. After that, so it's a good point though. Like, it's like if I'm signing up as a sixty six year old into a retirement village, and then potentially I see the next step as aged care and even even in the, um, like if it's part of the branding and, or if it just is impression only, that actually becomes a barrier because it's like, well, I don't want to start that thing. I'm, I'm still it's exactly right. And, and how it works is generally in the 60s, people are decision positive. It's like, yeah, that'd be great going into a village and there's a pool and a cinema right. and hang out with my mates and go play golf and all this kind right. of stuff. Almost the moment you hit 70, you become decision neutral and then decision negative because you start going hang on a second once i'm there what's the next so you, you start painting the picture in, in the head and um unfortunately a lot of the triggers to move into our industry are health related yeah or, or you know or, or basically 
fear-based. I mean, there's wanting to be around a community of like-minded people, but a lot of that, uh, sometimes that's driven by um, security concerns as well. Right, right. Uh, to close the chapter on the aged care versus retirement, yeah. I think I'm sort of interested, are, they, are there times where they're physically even connected or like at the same space? Yeah. It's not even just an emotional thing of I'm signing up to retirement living. And a lot of the providers use that as a selling point because uh, you might go in as a couple and then right. your husband or your wife gets sick and needs higher care. Right. And you don't have to send them to. That's a, true, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's on the same. Uh, it's on the same site. Yes. And you've got all the services. We don't do that. Up until about three years ago, we owned aged care as well okay. as retirement, as well as in-home support. Yes. And we sold off those bits of the business. We just do retirement living. Got it. And it's a bit of a unique proposition for us that we wanted to make an entirely lifestyle product and mm. enjoy yourself and don't, even though we're kind of co-located with some other facilities, but you don't necessarily want to be enjoying your lifestyle and looking over the fence and, and seeing right. the, being reminded of, yes. of what stage where, you're at. You so. could go. Yeah, no, exactly. So let's go deep then and explore yeah. um, retirement lifestyle you should almost call it like lifestyle living or something like that <laughs> it, it's it's a big debate as to what it should be called so retirement villages yeah yeah i know but it's what's known and you know no sometimes village people don't like the term villages sometimes yes. the next generation don't like the term retirement and yes. so on so if you've got the answer let me know and, um, <laughs> use it. um because it, it, it's funny because coming into this conversation uh yeah I was, I was hazy on on those on those elements right and and you you can't help but see retirement village and just even having the even though you hadn't i hadn't thought of it like to give us some of the, the impressions of aged care um yeah. so sort of seeing as this this uh this this positive move as opposed to this negative move which yeah that's right the best way to think about it so maybe um talk us through like in, in a way it's kind of a it's a it's a big challenge but it's also an exciting challenge because you've got 85% of people who aren't even considering. So your goal is to have them consider. So maybe let's wave a magic wand and let's say you have a you know, group of 100 people that are completely open to, um, you know, it would be a good fit to go into a retirement uh, lifestyle living uh, setup. Um, what would be the major bits of attraction that, you know, I suppose that, that, that uh, you say, hey, like this is, this is the key things that we can offer and here are the key reasons why you'd want to move out of your family home and not, you know, into yeah. uh, an apartment in a, in, a, in a central location. So this is, when I first started working here two years ago, this is the exact challenge we had to tackle. And what we were doing was selling the lifestyle mm. without acknowledging that actually that there were four, there's four key drivers. One's a health concern. Yes. Um, particularly, you know, I've got a, I had a heart attack. What will happen to my wife if I die? Then right. there's the I'm getting too old to look after the family home. Yes. Then there's the community. So it'd be nice to be surrounded by my mates and people, you know, of the same age and same yes. interests. And then there's the security. So being in a secure village where people are looking out for me and I've got buttons I can push if something happens to me health-wise or, you know, all that kind of stuff. They're the key drivers. Yeah, we were focusing really heavily on the amenities Mm. And what I realised is all the amenities are basically parity for the industry. It's what's what's expected. People know they're there, that you're going to have the cinema and the pools. And we have a couple of luxury villages as well. So, yeah. you know, we do bang on a little bit more about the amenities there. But, but what, all are, our, what are those key amenities out of interest? Like what, 
you mentioned that they're table stakes-ish, but uh, what, what are those table stakes? Um, so you'd have a heated pool and spa yeah. and gym. You've got a restaurant and cafe, you know, that can seat 150-odd people. Oh, that's uh, awesome. On site, yep. And we have in-house chefs who come in a couple of days and nights a week and cook meals for you. You've got a big activity list. Okay. So usually that's driven by the residents, but we've got um, space for everything to happen, you know, workshops for the men and, and ladies, of course, woodworking. We've got arts and crafts areas. Yeah, those kind of things. I'm sure we'll touch on that in a little bit as well. It basically sounds like a bit of a club med like you know if, if they're all if they're all people there my age it's, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. some of that I'd, 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 I'd want to hang out like actually hang out yeah that, that's right and that's how they'll be marketed yes uh, that's how they'll be marketed but uh, uh, the reality and the, the generation that we're dealing with as well want information and and they don't want to be well, you know we put out a um an ad campaign that won us a couple of awards and the creative was really nice and it had funny pithy headlines playing on you know what you get up to like the club okay. aspect right. and it, it flopped absolutely flopped because they were it's like we need a map to show me how to get there i want to know the mm-hmm. price i want a list of everything that's there i want to see photos of the apartments i want to do all, all this kind of yes. stuff and so we completely redesigned all our advertising to be utterly boring and uncreative and include right heaps and heaps of information yes and hit those key messages about the health about the community and the maintenance and so on yes and it and it's improved out of sight mm. so mm. that to me proves that the the drivers are what we mentioned before and then the amenities are, are the bonus of moving into the retirement mm. village mm. Mm. makes sense makes sense and out of interest how did you get to work out that there were the four drivers spoke to the residents mm. And we did some research and there, there is, there's pretty good research out there and I poured through all that and, you know, it's funny, we, we go to a lot of all the marketing catch-ups and conferences yes. and people talk and this and that yes. and it's all about current trends and how the millennials are buying and purchasing, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, we want to know how the people born in 1940s mm. are buying in the current environment. Mm. And it's... um there's not a lot out there. So we just, we've got 1400 residents and we just set up focus groups and, you know, put on a few jam and some scones and yes. cream and just ask, ask them. Yeah, and why, then why, why did you come here and not, you know, yeah, why did you come? downsize to an apartment or whatever it may be. Yeah, absolutely. In the context of customer experience, I'm sort of interested in this probably is, feels like maybe two elements of the customer experience. One is prior to making a decision and the experience yeah. of, figuring out like all my options. Um, and then I suppose the other one is I'm, I mean, what, what are they, are they called residents when they're there or are residents, they called yep. guests? Or, yeah. Okay. Um, and then I suppose there's the resident experience, which is, which is ongoing. Mm-hmm. There's a third element as well. Okay. And that is what happens when you move out. Mm, mm. And, and what's unique about that is we switch customer. So all of a sudden, cause when you move out, it's either to go to aged care or you passed away. Mm. basically mm. and 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 then your children come in as the you know executors of your will and they become our customer and that whole process can take 25 years it's pretty unique because our customers live with us and they're yes. there all the time and they're on site and they can live there for 25 years yes 
And during that time, you're absolutely right. There's the customer experience bit of what's essentially a real estate transaction and all the things that you associate with that, selling your family home and then moving in and getting settled in and all that kind of stuff. So we try and make that as easy as possible and, you know, do what we can when we can because that move-in process affects the experience. Mm, The the customer experience begins at the moment they move in and if we don't do it really well and make them feel really welcome uh, and really comfortable, really happy, they know what's going on, you can move in with a bad taste in your mouth and that can stick around for the entirety of your stay. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, it's, it's one of the most emotionally charged moments yes. in life, right? Like it's yep. up there with, uh, moving out of home for the first time. And, 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 it, and it is, except a lot of people are seen as moving out of home for the last time. Mm. This, this will be my last move. It's, it's really emotional. Yes, you need to make this a celebration. And how exciting is this that you're going to now live like the best, you're going to a chapter where you can live some of your best life, right? Like, you know, that's right. of day to day, you know, work and kids and stuff. And now you get to enjoy stuff with, with people that you really love in, in a new community and look at all this exciting stuff ahead. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so, as I mentioned, they, you know, we, we have people living in the village for 25 years and they might move in with their 70 and move out with their 95 mm. and their expectations and what they want from a customer experience when they're 70 compared to when they're 90 Mm. changes drastically so each individual resident you you need to adapt to their customer experience during during the stay yes um and and then of course it switches to the children and if mum and dad moved in 20 years ago the children probably have no idea around how our financial model works and all that kind of stuff so they, they come in cold and say all right um, so we'll sell the house and take the money and do this. And so, well, actually, you know, that's how retirement living providers make money is a sale, a, a percentage of the sale price at the end. Right. Um, and if you don't deal with that in the correct way, then yes, all of a sudden you have, have blow up and issues there as well. So that's right. And then they tell all their mates, it, it was terrible. You know, mum passed away and then I had to deal with all this kind of stuff. So right. you've got to be really careful the whole way along. That can last a really long time. Wow. Let's, uh, let's unpack each one of those three. And do they have names actually? The sort of Yeah, we just say moving in, uh, living and moving out. And, and I should say just to go into another level of complexity then, we've got eight villages. Right. And on the top end, it's luxury apartments. Yes. Um, and we've got two high-end luxury villages and, and the rest are, are, are a mix of you know, community living. So right. price points are very different. So within those villages, there's different expectations around yes, what's going to be delivered. What's the primary difference between a luxury? Did you say high luxury and luxury and then community? Like are there three tiers or is it kind of luxury and, and community? Uh, we've got, I would say two, two high-end luxury villages. Yes. Um, the difference there is generally the homes. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're really beautiful apartments and the finishes are all top end and all that kind of thing. The amenities are really, really nice. Um, And one thing I'm working on then is making the customer experience in those villages match the price point. Got it. The homes might be one one bedroom or two bedroom and small villas as opposed to, you know, penthouse. Got it. Got it. And is it a case of you refer, like you're, you're constantly updating and refurbishing like every five, 10 years as well, or is that part of the, the, the story on the luxury side? uh, That happens when you move out of the apartment. Got it. 
Okay. Yeah, okay. So we'll bring them back to as new before the next sale. Makes sense. Makes sense. I assume some of the facilities are slightly, slightly nicer. Yeah, that's right. Like the pools are nicer and so forth. Yeah, that's right. Let's go through the three, moving in, living and moving out. I love how you you take what is um, potentially a, a complex industry and, and we're using a lot of uh, really nice, plain, simple English uh, terminology here. We're not getting stuck into industry jargon, which is fantastic. Um, so the... Okay, so there's 100 people, currently 15 are only actively considering retirement living. And so what, what, are, the, what are the key things in, 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 in managing that experience and I suppose you know, putting your best foot forward for them to consider lifestyle uh, re- living as, a, as an option? It's about giving as much information as, as possible. Yeah, so it's like education-led as opposed to I'm just going to show you a bunch of glossy, like, love That's right. That's completely fluffy, but I don't really know whether... Yeah. We completely redid all our materials to have all the information right there, um, the good, the bad, and everything in between, so you're really informed. There's no pressure. It's a really soft sell, and what we generally do is just invite you in for a tour and say, have a look around. We'll take you on a guided tour. Um, if it's something you're interested in, here's all the information, and we'll give you a call back later on. If yeah, it's not, that's completely fine. And, and how do you organise that? Like, How do you organise guided tours or that's part of the the advertising which is like hey do you want to, if you want to check this out this is an option like have, have a walk through it's ads in the local community newspaper yeah okay. and it's on the radio yeah and um it's a, a strong focus on seo yep because um they're not digital natives so yes. you go on to you know, you can see all the search terms and typed in. It's like, I would like to live in a retirement village that is somewhere near Subiaco. So you've got to have like a really good SEO strategy to get to the top there. What we actually do is... Facebook must do well as well. I I, I have a sneaking uh, suspicion that 65-year-olds plus are probably more addicted to Facebook than us. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we do a fair bit on Facebook. I forgot to mention that. (laughs) What we do as well is organise events, heaps of events, for the residents, um, and this is part of the the second phase. It's all it's all kind of linked because what I wanted to do is treat our residents as our customer and start putting funneling marketing dollars towards them. Mm. And what we do then is it's so it's all it's all manner of um, events, and it might be a volunteer thank you each month because we have heaps okay. of volunteers and they do all kinds of stuff in the village. Yep. We put on the morning tea and we thank them for coming along. We have a barbie or whatever. Um, and then each quarter I'm starting to run, uh, I guess, bigger events. So just fun stuff. Might be wine tasting. We've flown in uh, Elton John impersonator. We've got an Elvis coming out soon. We've got long table lunches. <laughs> the important word there, which was impersonator there. For a moment there was a pause. I flew in Elton John. I'm like, damn, these guys have got budgets. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, although that did happen a couple of times. Um, people contacted us to ask if it was actually Elton coming. I was like, no. No, sorry guys. Uh, just just have the impersonator like in like font one and like the lightest grey. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, we, we put on some food and some drinks and, and that's you know, we just say, look, there's no obligations. This is just part of the experience of being with St. Ives. Right. So that way people who are living there basically become your best advertising and you invite their greater circle of friends and community and what have you and you make it less threatening as well as like come hang out here at this you know uh, event and let's have some fun and then they start imagining what their life could look like if they live there absolutely yep so 
back to what we were talking about is that that move-in phase. We show you around the village and it's still driven by a, a real estate decision at the time. So right. the price has got to match, the location's got to match, and then you've got to overcome the barrier of, oh, I don't want to, you know, moving into a retirement village and there is a bit of stigma attached to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we say, look, why don't you come meet some people and come along? We've got this event. We've got Elton um, right. coming out next week. Why don't you just come and have a drink and meet some people and have fun? Right. You invite our sales prospects in, all the residents are there having a good time um, yeah. and they just hang out and yeah. then they become mates. Yes. Uh, and then, as you mentioned before, the residents are, are really happy because they're starting to get something for nothing essentially. They're being looked after and treated, treated yes. like they're, they're special and they go down to the bowls club or the golf club or whatever and they, they invite their mates along and they say, how good is That's it? Great. Last night I got fed and watered for, for nothing on St. Ives. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and I suppose it probably helps breaking down that impression of everyone's there is 90 on their deathbed and I'm signing yeah. myself up for um, <laughs> not a lifestyle, but I'm signing myself up to the end. So actually seeing seeing a vibrant community and seeing yep. some events like helps helps mentally make that switch. And that's the sales process basically. Mm. Mm-hmm. Drive resident advocacy and then invite sales prospects to hang out with them while they're having mm. a good time and they, they talk, you know, they, they say everything that's good about the village. Yeah, makes sense. Which leads us nicely into the second part, which is you then need to deliver on that promise. (laughs) So when they then move in and they're living to make sure you've got the advocacy. Um, So let's talk a little bit about about that um, that journey uh, and how how you ensure that, because as you mentioned, their expectations and will be different, uh, you know, for for stage of life and and, and so forth. So how do you make sure that you're delivering on that and what what are those those key key elements? We need to identify issues while they're still small and can be addressed before they grow into big ones. And it all stemmed from the first residence survey I set up and ran in 2017, which when you mm-hmm. looked at the results, our satisfaction was going down significantly. Okay. And it set off a bunch of alarm bells in my head thinking, oh man, it looks like that we've got lots of problems out at the villages. So right. everyone who gave us a negative result, we went out and had an interview with. Mm-hmm. And what we discovered is that first of all, a lot of their gripes and the reasons they were annoyed at us as a business stemmed from stuff that happened up to 10 years ago and generally was a really small thing that happened then that wasn't addressed that has festered for They're all that time. Irritated about that still, yeah. And no disrespect to any of our residents, all lovely yeah. people, but they're all also retired and yes. lots of them are in their 90s. Yeah, they have a lot of time to think about that. <laughs> They've got a lot of time yeah. to think about <laughs> well and, you know, kind of get a bit worked up around it. So, And it's we, also like if they felt like they weren't heard originally exactly. and there was no empathetic response to it, I'm sure they were well-meaning people and well-intentioned people, but if they, you know, got fobbed off or whatever it may be, then that's damaged the brand and then that's just been able to sit uh, there and, and shows up in a whole range of other negative scenarios. That's right, and it's growing. And then when they're they're at the movies with their mates, and they they they're a detractor, and they they talk really negatively about us. And you've hit the nail on the head. You know, some of them <laughs> like it. It'll make you laugh, but you know, a couple of them were around the colours of the flowers that were planted at <laughs> the front of the thing that I didn't like. And at the moment, there's right, one. It's all fair to laugh because these are, I mean, people have, uh, uh, you know, I can see how it can be completely trivial. I mean, you just have to think about some of the arguments you have, uh, you know, at home or issues that pop up. <laughs> They're often some of the most trivial stuff, right? Yeah, that's right. And, and at the moment, there's a, you know, one about the colour of the, a balcony that's been painted and someone right. 
hates the colour that, that it's been painted. Um, and I think what, what happened back back when is they got ignored because it's like, well, that's trivial. You'll right. just forget about it and get over it yeah. instead of actually going, hey, listen, sorry, the flowers have planted this colour because the gardening committee liked it this way or, or addressing it there and then. Yeah. They won't, might not they like it. Put it into the process or like here's the backstory or... Yeah, that's right. Other, like, and a hundred times out of a hundred, it's, well, I don't like it, but... Now, now I know and I've, I've been told and it's been addressed and then it doesn't right. become an ongoing problem. So that was, uh, that was the first thing is looking back and saying, okay, let's fix all these little niggly problems that happened yeah, a long great. time ago and get them off our plate. This is, this is ridiculous. We don't ever want to talk about this again. And then actually how can we put something in place so that it, it's been addressed there and then and right. anything small doesn't turn into anything big. Yeah. Um, what, what we had... And stop me if I go into too much detail no, here at any point. Is we were working through a strategic plan for the business, and I was absolutely adamant that customer experience had to be the core to everything. So if we had happy residents, mm. our sales takes care of itself. The brand reputation takes care of itself. Mm. It, it, everything, everything just works. And uh, we have less complaints. And, and, and I'd love to, like, where, how did you even get to that, that point? I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm dying to hear what, what happened, but I'm just wondering, how did, how did that way of thinking even come about? Like, did you have an aha moment in a previous life? Had you read something? Had you been exposed to something? Is it just... Um, <laughs> yeah. Just I, because not, not everyone, you know, thinks naturally that way straight away, right? Yeah, that's right. And um, I did have a bit of an aha moment, and it was... Um, I, I generally kind of avoid talking about this because I think some people think I'm a bit crazy, but it happened when I was reading about Bhutan okay. that measured gross, gross domestic happiness, gross national happiness. Right. And what they do is they say the role of the government is to make our citizens happy, well, and content. Right. And the way we can do that is they have what they call nine domains, the areas that if we control these, your life will be better and you can have a better quality of life. And it's things right. like environmental sustainability, education, access to right. clean water and so on and so forth. Um, and it's like, well, there's no reason that we can't, we shouldn't be doing the exact same. Mm. In fact, mm. our job as a business, we have to manage the, the villages really well financially in terms of maintenance and all that kind of stuff. But if the outcome right. isn't that we're not providing a really high quality of life for our residents, we're doing something wrong. Mm. So I sat down and did those focus groups I was mentioning before um, and spoke to a bunch of residents. What do you actually expect? What do you want out of retirement living? What do you want from St. Ives? And they just wanted contentment that we just wanted everything to be taken care of. I don't have to worry about stuff. Mm. If I make a complaint or I need something, you know, maintained or my gutters don't work. Yeah. Yeah. I just want it easy. I just want you guys to, to take care of it. Okay, yeah. and I'll do whatever I want, whether that's watching telly all day or whether it's going out socialising, you just leave me alone to do that. So we were in the process of, of building a business strategy where customer experience was just kind of one part of it that was the responsibility of the marketing mm. manager mm. to do some fun events and that was it. So actually, no, 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 we need to bring that right in the centre of everything this business does. Yes. And so we built what we call six happiness influences um and i should say you know when i spoke to all the residents and i did external research and so on and so forth yes. the term contentment was was the right term that was the right feeling mm. 
and I um, I got a marketing sweat up because I was like, how how do you market contentment? Like, come <laughs> here and be content. So right. you know, buy this thing. It's okay. Yes. So yeah, yeah. so I took it one step further. It's like actually, it's about it's about happiness, really, isn't right. it? Right. So we now have six strategic areas. That is the business strategy, and they're continual improvement and innovation, uh, brilliant experience, respectful, empathetic staff. Uh, optimized financial performance, strong brand, and a compliant environment, compliant and safe environment. Yeah. And all our initiatives work underneath each of one of these six areas. And what what we do is we go out every six months to the residents. We say, look, here's all the things that we're doing to improve each of these areas. Yes. At the end of this six months, we're going to be held accountable by you. We're putting out a, just a six-question survey, how have we delivered on each of those? Yeah. And then if we're lacking or we go backwards in one, we can go back out and say, hey, we, we did all these things. Is it, were we not focusing on the right thing? Are we doing things that we think is right. going to make a difference that, that right. actually is affecting your life? Is there something missing? Yeah. And that helps drive the strategy for the next six months. Effectively, you're bringing them into the core of that process rather than going, hey, let's put on some cool events every now and then and let's do this. And they're, yeah. they're coming on for the ride no matter what. I think what's interesting is, that perspective takes quite a lot of bigger picture thinking because in many respects, you've already made the sale. <laughs> like when they move in, they're going to be there, you know, for the next 10, 20 years. Um, hmm. But you know, the only way you're going to get the next ones in the door is if you have a bunch of promoters. Um, Absolutely. But it, 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 it could be quite interesting where um, the sort of natural view is not necessarily how do we make sure that they're, loving every moment and every day and how do we continually optimize that because they're not you know they're not on a on a weekly payment or a, you know it's not like a hotel where they can yeah you know check out short term mm. uh, so no i think that i think that's great was there anything else that that, that 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 comes to mind when you think about bringing customer experience to the core of of living um and the one sort of step one was i suppose getting a, a state of the nation and then noticing that sats going down and then realizing sort of the, the listening tour and then having the ability of that and then bringing, bringing your residents along for the ride of, you know, where it is that you're improving. Are there other, other, other areas that you, that you see as being key to, um, you know, constantly ensuring that that experience, that living experience is, is great? Yep. So it's communication and complaint management mm. are, are the big keys for us. Communication, you know, we've got intranets now at all the villages where you can log on and find out what's going on. We've got monthly catch-ups with the village managers where you can just ask questions. Uh, the executive team go out every couple of months or every quarter and just host a morning tea and have a chat and all that kind of thing. And it was working on our CRM as well so that any complaint, no matter whether it's about the petunias or the colour of the balcony or something yes. more serious is logged and actioned within a certain amount of time. That's great. And that's all, all this has happened in the last few years? All this has happened in the last eight months. So we launched it to residents in February. Yes. And I've just put out the first survey yesterday. Okay. So I'll know in about a, a month, oh, sorry, I'll know within a couple of weeks how sure. we've done. Yes. Um, and we're going out to do a, a bit of a roadshow at all the villages next week and just just take feedback and see how it's working. There's, you know, one of the the, the, the hardest bit was getting over cynicism from residents. Mm, mm. Because, you know, they're older people. Yes. And when you go out with a message of happiness, 
Yes. Don't tell me to be happy. You know, I'm, I'm 80 years old. I've done this. I've done that. And I know what's going on. And you think you need to come in and tell me what to do. Right. I actually had a, a, you know, I was, I was surrounded by about four 90 year old women telling me this. And I was like, look, just, just hang on a sec. Like it's not about making you individually happy. We're not patch Adams and going to come out and right. tell jokes around the village and juggle for you and that kind of stuff. We, we can do, we're doing all this work. Just give us six months and you'll see the differences. You'll see the results and you'll see that we're also being held accountable mm. because we're publishing all our results and we're sending them out to, to every single resident. Mm. It can be natural to just tune out from the, hey, we care about you know what you think. We're going to do these things. And so we, we get broken promises all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, from, that's right. From, from big brands and the machines of different you know organizations. And so yeah. um, it, it certainly makes sense. And, and they may have heard some things before as well, even within your own brand, right? And so yeah. um, it, it totally makes sense that the default is that that cynicism. So it sounds like the most important things that you can do is sort of be clear about what it is that you're doing. Um, you know, show that you're listening throughout the process, have the ability to listen and then communicate, you know, the, the milestones and, and be transparent about that. And then have the ability to take in complaints and, and hear things uh, as, as they pop up. And, and uh, when they see that progress, that's really the only way to <laughs> overcome the sinister. That's right. Yeah. And you're, you're absolutely correct. I think um, the default, position from kind of a management point of view is yeah we'll work on this stuff internally we can have your surveys and all that kind of stuff and and i was determined to so each six months i produce what i'm calling the happiness report first time went out in february and it's you know it's got all the light it's got articles and all that kind of stuff but it's got everything it's it's completely transparent so here's the strategy here's the stuff we've done over the last six months yes here's what's been planned over the next six months in six months time we're going to be out here in front of you explaining what we've done that's great and to a certain extent it was a way of um holding the business completely accountable it's like in six months time if we haven't been delivering against you're going to cop it yeah yeah you've got to be out there and they're not going to hold back you're going to be be shot down by uh, all our residents how did you get people internally on board with this idea because i imagine you know, in a business like yours, not only are your end uh, customers, if you will, um, can be you know traditional and set in their ways and a bit old school and what have you. Um, I, I can imagine the running of a retirement village and the management of the retirement village could also be like, hey, what I did twenty years ago worked, and like you know, hey Andy, yeah. thanks for all the good you know modern ideas, but I know how to run a retirement village. Thanks very much. Um, <laughs> like you know, Doris just needs to do that. that over that flower thing, you know, and, and move yes. on. Why, why yes. you wasting, like just give me some more ads? And how did you go on that internal journey? Um, it was real. It was challenging. Yeah, I, I had a couple of really good village managers who were on board, who right. come from a bit of a marketing hospitality background, mm. and who understood it. But um, it, it all boiled down, and, and you know, I was lucky. I was lucky that the CEO obviously trusted me and thought there was something in the strategy. And I did have to do a bit of, bit of modeling to show that it explained the concept that if we have happy residents, they'll yes. tell their mates, it leads to sales. And we've got proof of that now. In fact, now our biggest sales channel is referrals and that's happened. And it wasn't before. No, we'll get maybe, you know, 
one or two a year kind of thing. It's funny because I think referrals is the best asset test really, isn't it? Like uh, yes. I mean, the NPS question can be can be really helpful, but yeah, that's sort of measuring a potential referral. Actually, one of the ideas that, that we have actually is asking the NPS question and then someone going, yeah, sure, I'll refer you and then go, cool. Like give us a referral now. right now. <laughs> <laughs> you said that you like would. that. And that's almost the acid test of, of it. Uh, I think if that's done well, we're, we're going to run some experiments <laughs> yeah. uh, shortly. Good. Yeah, so, so clearly getting CEO buy-in and executive buy-in is critical. Uh, and in particular, to make the investment in the experience to get the referrals. It'd be good to just sort of understand you know what 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 were the high the highlights in that in that journey in in getting the selling internally and then now that you're beginning to prove mm. some of the results um you know how would you sort of package that up so first of all was just building the traditional business case yeah and painting the picture that if we increase the happiness of our residents they're going to go tell all their friends and it's going to increase advocacy increase referrals and traditionally we're only getting a couple of referrals a year yeah. Over the last year, referrals is now um, 50% of our sales come through referrals. So we've got the proof uh, now that it's working. And I think it was also driven by the industry climate because, you know, we, we were talking about competitors before and how they come in and someone who's not educated in the industry or the different options, it looks like they're offering a similar product. Yes except we charge more money is how it's perceived. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look, unless we, we can say all the marketing messages that we want, but we have to demonstrate something and we have to hold ourselves accountable and really show that we're different. And so attached to this was a big external launch and a marketing campaign around what we called Lived Happy and, you know, embedding wellness programs and that kind of thing within the villages. And I think that industry changes is what gave the business the confidence to stand out and do something different? Yeah, so if I summarise it um, for you, see if I play it back right, right. Like here's the business case why it makes sense, but then two, like here's the burning platform. <laughs> like if we, go, yes. if we keep going the way that we're going, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're going to just get more pressure, right? And, 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 and the pressure externally of new options is only going to increase and get better. So, you know, we've got we've to nail the fundamentals really well here and have a thriving group of residents that are just telling all their mates about it because that is going to be, you know, the engine of the, the future business. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, that, that's great. Um, so maybe like in closing, it'd be good to, um, for, you know, for folks that are, particularly the folks that are listening that are in the industry, like where have you found good support uh, in, in this, this, this approach, um, whether it be, you know, content or um, books or conferences, et cetera, like what, what have you found helpful that may even be outside of the industry to kind of help, help shape your thinking here? It's generally outside of the industry. Yeah, okay. Um, I think there are some really good providers, particularly over in New Zealand, who are doing really interesting things in the industry and they're embedding the customer, the resident, right at the centre of everything they do. The big challenge, though, we've got is it's relatively easy to do when you're building something new because you can go out to the potential buyers and ask exactly what they want. But when you've got a pre-existing product and got people who's living in there for 20 years, it's difficult to change that. So there's some really good thinking in the industry and obviously some providers in America as well are doing some really interesting things. The industry has a lot of conferences and there's a bit of waxing lyrical about what needs to be done. Sure. But I haven't seen a huge amount of action. It almost, it almost sounds like you could take the best of uh, sort of modern apartment living, mash it together with a great hotel resort 
especially for folks in, in that demographic, if you take a, a service mindset of, of hospitality towards it and then take yeah. a modern approach of having the customer at the heart, that there's sort of something in all of those and you sort of mix all of those in a soup that's sort of almost the output of that is kind of the ideal framework. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head as well. In fact, some of our recent hires, as I mentioned, our village managers are from the hospitality industry. Mm. And it's quite a complex thing to manage a village because there's lots of financials involved, mm. which can lead to a focus on financials, right. which obviously not focusing on the resident. Whereas these guys come in and that's all they see is the mm. resident. And they start looking at the village differently and it's like, hang on, this music doesn't suit. Where, where is the music here? It, it should be this, it should be that. Um, I'm going to move my office out the front and chat to everyone. And, and yes. they really bring a hospitality mindset and that alone can just change the feel of the village overnight. Yeah, it's a good point because then it's basically what, what, what's your what's your service delivery outcome? Is the service delivery outcome optimising some of those financials? You know, and if that's the view of, you know, the people leaving the business throughout the business, then mm. that, you know, then it's hard to kind of get some of those uh, customer-centric mindsets. But if you have folks in the business that are challenging uh, things and, and, and approaching things from a service mindset. That's right. And to, to be a bit critical, I think the industry has looked to itself for the answers Mm. which has kind of created the problem. It was great for many years. We had wait lists to get into the villages and that kind of thing. And that fell away when the real estate industry went down. You've got to stop that. We've got to look to hotels. We've got to look to healthcare as well and some of the great things they do there and get ideas from outside the industry. We need to redesign our service offering. It's not even redesign. In some some cases, it's create a service offering. Yes. Because yes. it was independent living, it was kind of easy to think, okay, well, our job is to run the village. Right. Their job is to live in it and do what they want. We don't want to step on their toes. Mm. So, yeah, you're kind of missing a bit of a point there because mm. we don't have to step on their toes and drag them out of the house and put them in a wine tasting. Mm. But um, we've got to be offering this stuff. We've got to be doing something a bit different and we've got to start treating them like a customer and like they deserve a service other than just a product that they've bought. What a great way to finish the conversation, Andy. Thank you so much. Uh, fascinating Absolutely. conversation on the retirement living industry of which we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see if we can rebrand. But uh, <laughs> you know, having someone like you in the industry and making it more service mindset focused is a great thing. So, uh, Thanks, Michael. Yeah, it's a really good chat. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is produced by Rate It the market leader in gathering in-the-moment customer feedback. If you'd like more information, head over to the website rateitapp.com, R-A-T-E-I-T-A-P-P.com. If you've got any feedback or ideas for the show, I'd love to hear from you. I read and respond to every single message I get. You can find me on LinkedIn. Just search for my name, Michael Momsen. M-O-M-S-E-N. And if you love this episode, it'd be fantastic if you could subscribe. You can do that in your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, leave a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm your host, Michael Momsen. Look forward to speaking to you next time.